<laughs> Welcome to What's the Word Today. Today we're talking about another topic of stinking thinking. And uh, say hello, uh, put, it, uh, put your name in the comments or say hello in the comments so I can see who's on today. We love you so very much. Share the broadcast, like, subscribe. Today we're talking about user mentality. Not loser, user mentality. User mentality. So uh, as we look at user mentality, user mentality is taking all of the love of God but not really giving any love back. User mentality is taking all of the love of God but not really giving any love back. User mentality is desiring all of God's blessings but not actually bearing any fruit or following His ways. Now, uh, ultimately, this can be a user mentality. It's not just receiving directly from God, but also receiving from people the blessings. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights with whom there's no shadow of turning. Uh, there's, no, uh, there's no shadow of turning, and there's no darkness in Him at all. He is light. He is love. He's given us all of these good and perfect gifts. Everything comes from Him. But a lot of times, those gifts that God has, they pour out through other people. They pour out through ministries. They pour out. And so you see people that are wanting things from other people. They're using the system, but they're not wanting to do what they should be doing. So user mentality is taking the love of God, but not really giving any love back. User mentality is desiring all of God's blessings, but not actually bearing any fruit or following his ways. So, for example, think about this. Somebody that wants to go to heaven, they don't want to go to hell, but I don't want to live for Jesus. <laughs> in other words, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm not going to grow in my walk. I just don't want to go to hell. That's a user mentality. Or uh, we have it quite a bit as a ministry, people that will come by and they want, they want all the things uh, all the things to happen for them. Okay, I mean, we've had people that come up asking for a donation, and what they're asking for, we couldn't meet at the time. Sometimes we've been able to meet it, sometimes not. And we couldn't meet it for whatever reason, and man, they are cussing us on the way out the door. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, no wonder, no wonder I didn't have it ready to give you if you have that attitude, because they're using the system. In other words, they, a lot of times uh, people will tell stories, they'll use the system, they'll pull from this one, pull from that one. Uh, we've had stories of people that have actually actually called, and they'll call uh, 20 or 30 churches in the area, get 100 bucks from each one. They, they made, you know, they made $3,000 that day or whatever. Um, that's probably an exaggeration on how many churches would not, would fall victim to that. But uh, they want something, but they don't want to give anything in return. Notice that in the Bible, it always is concerning giving and receiving. So it's not just receiving only, and it's not just giving only. Always in the Bible, there is giving and receiving, giving and receiving, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. This, they go together, they're paired. So if somebody is just wanting to be on the receiving end always, this is a user mentality. Now, a lot of times we will attach a user mentality uh, to people that we see that are obviously wrong. Uh, but let's look at it in some ways that can really help us to grow and to not be in a user mentality ourselves. So looking at this, 
Hello, everybody. I saw the people that said hello, Johnny, uh, Rachel, Priscilla, Hannah. Good to see you. Uh, Buddy's on there. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. We love you very much. All right, so put this in here. Let's look at this. Let's look at a couple examples of user mentality. Let's look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3 through 7. Genesis 4, 3 through 7. When it was time for a harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. You know, this is, this is very similar to what I just described when somebody comes up to the church or asks for something and, and we're not able to give it. All of a sudden they get real angry. They get, they get cussing mad. I mean, literally, they've cussed us going out the driveway. It, it's amazing that people can be so mad. And the, here, watch this. The reason why they're mad is they wanted something a certain way and they didn't get their way. This is a symptom of a user mentality. I want something a certain way, and I'm upset that I didn't get it. Now watch. Just because we don't get cussing mad when we don't get our way doesn't mean we're not in a user mentality. <laughs> Just because we don't get mad. Maybe we don't even show that we're mad, but on the inside, we don't like that. And that can be a symptom of a user mentality. All right, so now it said... He said, God said this to Cain, verse 6, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. And why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. So obviously Cain had not done what was right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. You must subdue it. Hey, hey, Julie, good to see you. So you must subdue sin, and you be sin's master. Don't let sin master you. And so what had Cain really done? Now let's look at this. Why would Cain be bringing an offering uh, to God? Why would Cain be bringing an offering to God? And the basic answer is he wanted God's blessings. Well, he... Abel and Cain both wanted God's blessings. But in wanting God's blessings, all of a sudden what you see from Cain is, I'm just going to give, uh, you know, what I feel like is enough. Now, we can look at this in our offering. Many times people have a user mentality when they bring an offering. This is one of the first places we see it. In other words, let me just give them just enough. The offering never cost them anything. It never challenges them. It never stretches them. They're able to give out of their, what Jesus said in the New Testament, they're able to give out of their abundance. But this lady, who had the biggest offering of them all, gave out of her lack. In other words, she gave everything. She gave what costs. And God's not asking you to empty your bank account every single Sunday or at every single offering. But the question is, do you let him tell you those amounts? that are pleasing to him, or do we always tell God what we're going to give? Okay? A user mentality is wanting the blessing, 
but not wanting to give back what's necessary in order to have that. They want the love, but they never give back in the proper response. So Cain wants the blessing of God. Abel brings the best. Lord, I'm honoring you. I esteem you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you. He brings them the best. Cain says, here's some stuff. (laughs) And what is Cain doing? He wants the blessings, but he wants it his way. And then it shows his heart that user mentality really comes out when he gets angry. He gets angry at God. That's a pride saying, God, you treated me wrong, and I know better of what you should do. Right, and so when we see that, one of the things that we uh, that we have to see is say, look, God knows what's right always. He always knows what's right, and so Lord, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure it's you. I'm going to I'm going to get confirmation. I'm going to communicate. I'm going I'm going to make sure it's you, and I'm going to utilize the system. And that's another part of. Uh, user mentality is we want the things of God, but we don't want to do it his way. In other words, I want to do it my way and what I think is best, but we don't actually want to go in this word and see how all of those things work together. Okay. All right. So now you see this user mentality, but he said, Abel gave his best, but Cain gave the leftovers. Correct. Cain wanted the blessing, but Abel wanted the blesser. That's really good, Barrett. And uh, Cain's response revealed his heart. That's exactly right. You can tell somebody's heart by how they respond to things. That's something that I'll watch all the time. How do they respond to that? How do they respond to correction? You know, do they really want to be corrected or not? You know, how do they respond to correction? How do they respond uh, when they their thinking is challenged? Right? And see, if we're in a user mentality, it's always about us. It's always about my way. You know, in that in that way. No, you got to be willing. You got to be willing to say, "Oh, I might have had that wrong." Lord, show me how to move. How our response always is very important. Like I said. Just because somebody doesn't get cussed and mad doesn't mean that they don't have user mentality. They could have that little in their heart, like, I don't like that. They might not say it. Their face might not sh- uh, show it. They might, not, they might not be cussing. They might not be turning red and getting angry. But in their heart, that's where God looks on. He looks on the heart. And right in there, you can see. And that's where we need to very, we need to very much so pay attention to our heart. You know, if I find that my heart, I'm always trying to look at my heart. I've not done it always right, but I'm always trying to look at my heart, and I'm always trying to say, all right, Lord, what, what is it that I need to learn from my response here? Why did I not like that? Why did that make me a little upset? Why did that, you know, what's the root of this? And if we'll work on ourselves like that, we'll just get better and better and better and better. Let's look at another example here. Genesis 25, 29 through 32. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. All right, Jacob replied, but give me your rights as firstborn son. Esau said, look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? Verse 34, then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew and 
He ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, I'm going to come back to that. Let me finish reading uh, verse 38. He despised his birthright. Remember that. Genesis 27:38 says that Esau pleaded, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. So in the end, he lost his birthright and he lost the blessing. And one of the things that you see is Esau despised his birthright. He despised what was given. He did not esteem it. In other words, he didn't take what he had and esteemed it. He wanted it a different way. He wanted it his way. He gave in to the pressure of the moment, and he wanted it his way, and he despised what was given. You know, one of the things about a user mentality is it despises what they have now. It despises, a user mentality despises what they do have. They don't thank God for that. They don't honor God for that. They despise it. Let's go over into Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6, I believe it is. Okay. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 8. It says, If we have food and covering... With these we shall be content. In other words, if we only have food and covering in our life, covering uh, can either mean clothing or it can mean a shelter over our head. All right, I've seen scholars say it's either one of those. If we have food and covering in our lives, then we should be content. The Bible tells us that we should be content and not despise those things, but we should be content with those things. We should esteem those things, right? A user mentality is not satisfied with just food and covering, right? A user mentality is not satisfied there. Now, uh, everybody who thought that they didn't have some form of user mentality, that should have just been blown out of the water because I've never met anybody who has been content their whole life with just food and covering. Matter of fact, I try to go back to this verse on a regular basis and just kind of judge myself. Like, if I had, if I didn't have a phone, if I didn't have the computer, if I didn't have any other stuff, I didn't have a watch, I didn't, I didn't have a, a home that I own, a car that I own, I didn't have a job, if all I had was food and covering, am I truly in the, in the depths of my heart content with that? And the answer is, definitely I've had times where I wasn't, right? And so when you see that, you start to realize, oh my goodness, I need to learn how to be content. And I want to tell you this, this user mentality and this lack of contentment with food and covering is one of the major problems that exist in the body of Christ today. Because we will make decisions to try. <laughs> Hannah said, if I didn't have a phone, I pray someone teach me how to read a map. <laughs> if, if we didn't have contentment, then we will make all kinds of decisions based on the discontentment. And those decisions will constantly lead us astray. But when we get content, with food and covering, that means we're willing to give up everything. What does that really mean? It means our life 
is a sacrifice. See, that was the problem with Cain. No, he, he, he wasn't willing to give his life. He wasn't even willing to give the best of his produce. See, he, that's the issue. He was in a user mentality. He was not content to give the best. He was only content to give enough to get by. And when that was rejected, he got mad, and it exposed that user mentality, right? But the issue is, if we'll get willing, Lord, my life is yours then what's the result of that contentment and that lack of user mentality? What's the result of that? Back up two verses, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 6. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. So when we actually get content and we give our life to the Lord, God says, now I can overflow your life. Go into Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Same thing is said here. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't seek first the stuff that you have or don't have. See, that was the thing, is that here was Esau. He already had the birthright, but he didn't even esteem it. He wasn't content with it. He, he wasn't content unless he got a bowl of soup like he couldn't have fasted a, a meal, you know, like, like he wouldn't have been okay if he wouldn't have had that one bowl of soup. No, he let his flesh override the spiritual things he already had. He despised his birthright, the Bible says. He despised his birthright. And so he wasn't going about it God's way. He had a user mentality, I want it my way, I want it how I want it, and I want it when I want it, and, and I'll give you what I feel like, right? That's a user mentality. And those are extremes, but at the same, at the same point, even in the smallest case, that heart is still there. I'll give you what I feel like giving you, God. I'm not going to give you my best. That's for me. That was the heart that Cain had. I'm not going to give away everything that I have. <laughs> That's for me to live. You know? And then they'll, they'll be like, you bless me with this stuff to keep it. No, he blessed you with it for it to be a blessing to you and to flow through you. And as you learn the flow, you'll actually have an overflow. See, without the flow, there is no overflow. Okay, put that in the comments. Without the flow, there is no overflow. Amen. God, Abigail just wrote this. God can overflow our lives when we choose to be content and give our lives to godliness. Exactly right. Now watch this. I want you to see this in this verse 33, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom, not my kingdom, not my house, not my car, not any of that stuff. Don't, don't seek first what I'm going after. Let's seek first his kingdom. Lord, I'm putting your kingdom first. I'm putting your kingdom first in front of my feelings. I'm putting your kingdom first in front of my thoughts. I'm putting your kingdom first in front of all of these things, Lord. Lord, I'm putting you first, and I thank you for it. Thank you, Father. I'm putting you first. I'm putting you first. I'm putting you first. I'm putting your kingdom first. I'm putting people and souls first. Lord, I'm putting everything first in Jesus' name. And then it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. This means 
that he's made you his righteousness, what we talked about yesterday, but it's also doing things from that righteousness. In other words, I'm going to seek to do right things. I'm going to seek to give. I'm going to seek to serve. I'm going to seek to do these right things. In other words, I'm going to do things the right way. So a user mentality will say, I want to do it my way, and it's going to work. Even I don't care what God has to say about it. Well, that sounds harsh, but how about this? No, I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God. No, but you do if you want to love them. Because he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and don't forsake the assembly of the saints, especially as the time grows near to the end, end day. In other words, he's saying, look, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You, you don't have to go and do it. But if you don't do it, you're not walking. You're not seeking me first. You're not seeking the kingdom first. You're not seeking my righteousness first is what, what God lays out in his word. If you want, but I want to be blessed by, Lord, give me your fellowship and give me your relationship, but I never have to go and spend it with other people. That's not true. That's not true. No, he makes it very plain in Hebrews 10. So we can say, well, I'm on it, but I'm not going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it my way. We think that's harsh, but yet every step that we step on a regular basis outside of what he's told us is us doing it our way and basically saying, I don't care what you say. If we care what he says, then we're going to study to show ourselves approved and we're going to say, Lord, what is your way? What is your righteousness? What is, what is your path? What is godliness that I can, I can couple with contentment and actually have great gain in my life? So a user mentality is, let me read this again. Taking the love of God, but not really giving the love back properly. User mentality is desiring all of God's blessings, but not actually bearing any fruit or following in his ways. So you see in Cain, he wanted he won the blessings, but he wanted to do it his way. You see in Esau, he, he wanted to pay attention to his flesh, but he didn't esteem what he already had. In other words, he was, he was just using what he had, but he wasn't esteeming it. He despised it. Oh, I've got this. I've got this from the Lord. I've got this birthright, but what is that to me? That bowl of soup is more important than a spiritual blessing of his birthright. In other words, he despised it. And he, and See, this user mentality has now deceived him, thinking that that bowl of food is more important than a spiritual blessing. Okay, now, where, what are the outcomes of the user mentalities? What were the outcomes? They lost what they were after. They lost the very thing that they were after. The kingdom of God does not operate in fleshly wisdom. Those who are first will be last, and those who serve will be the greatest. Those who serve will be the greatest. Someone in a user mentality can think everything is going fine, but in reality, over time, they find that they're missing the mark and are very satisfied. Please hear this as a warning. Someone that's in user mentality can think everything's going fine, and this is the danger of it. So how long do they carry on in that same mentality only at the end of it to fall off some kind of cliff that leads to a place where they don't want? And they're like, oh, how did I get here? How did I get here? 
Oh, my goodness. God, I thought you were watching after. I thought you were protecting me. See, that's the dangers of a user mentality. A user mentality will despise what they have available, and they won't judge themselves. So they'll continue in this mentality until they fall off a cliff, and hopefully then they wake, they wake up. And this is a danger. So hear this as a warning. Let's judge ourselves on the user mentality and make sure that we're not carrying that type of mentality so that we don't find ourselves in that place. But if we'll give ourselves to the righteousness of God and let His light shine the light on every area of our life, then all of a sudden what we'll find is God will show us the areas that need worked on and we'll never be falling off of that cliff and never be finding ourselves in a place where God can't lead us to triumph. Amen. All right, now I want you to see this though too is, um, for example, one time I was ministering to someone uh, who, was, who was homeless. And, uh, you know, they had fallen on bad times, and they were homeless. And I was talking to the person, and I was completely shocked. I mean, it, it blew me away the level of pride that was coming out of this person's mouth. And I went, oh, my gosh, Lord. I said, this is, this is straight pride. I was like, what do they have to be proud over? They don't have anything. They don't have anything in their life. And the Lord spoke this to me just as clear as day. Right there in the meeting, he said, how do you think they got there? In other words, they had a pride. I can do it my way. I don't have to do it God's way. And that's what I was trying to show them. Look, in order to move forward, you've got to do these things this way and move towards the Lord. Otherwise, it's never going to work. And they were debating me on this in, a, in pride. They were like, no, I, I can do it this way. I know what I'm talking about and everything. I was like, what in the world? And the Lord said, how do you think they got that way? How do you think... They got that way because pride took them. Pride goes before a fall. One time, uh, another story that happened was I, was I was sitting there one time, and Nicole and I were married, and things were, going, uh, things were going okay, but we had been struggling financially for years. And uh, we were struggling, struggling, struggling. I was learning about God being my source. And I was learning how God will be my source. The world's not my source. Family's not my source. God is my ultimate source. And the Lord was teaching me that in order to have the provision that we need, Nicole and I have to trust on God as our one and only source above all other sources. Otherwise, we'll make somebody else or something else our source. Many people, many people have their job as their source. They think the job's the most important thing. No, the job is just a tool that God uses to bless you. A business is just a tool. It's, it's the blessing of God that makes a person rich, that makes them wealthy. It's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. It's the blessing of the Lord. He's the source, not, not the job, not the business. He's the source. That's why when people, you know, uproot their family and move people all over just for the job without hearing from the Lord, uh, they're messing up. This is user mentality. All right, so here I am in this situation, and I'm sitting there, and, um, yeah, 
Um, business, uh, Hannah said business is a tool. It's, a, it's something that God utilizes to be a blessing to you. And so now I'm sitting there in the situation, and Nicole and I needed some money. I forget exactly what it was, maybe $1,000 or $2,000 uh, to, to pay a bill. And if we didn't have it, uh, at this point, my job was not, I, I was at the place where basically we had to wait on checks to come into the business in order to have finances. And if they didn't come in, I didn't have it. And if they came in, I had it. And uh, I wasn't sure that I was going to have it. I needed $1,000 or $2,000. And what I'd been doing was I, every time that I got in a jam, I'd reach for the phone and I'd call dad. Hey, Dad, I need this. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's emotional support. And we call our parents, and we call this. And, and we should, and, and I want you to see this, that's not necessarily a bad thing if the parent's always pointing you to God's way. But a lot of times, most of the time, I've found, our parents are not doing that, unfortunately. But you, you should reach out to spiritual parents, and if that's your physical parents, great. But they should be leading you to faith. They should be leading you to, those, to the things of God. But many times we're reaching out to another source, and what we really need to be doing is reaching out to God's ways, God's source. In other words, God's way is follow those who through faith and patience inherit, are inheriting the promises of God. So if my parents are not inheriting the promises of God and they're not walking in the ways of God, you know, I don't need to be getting spiritual advice from them. But if they are, then okay, and they're pointing me to that and they're not trying to be my source, you know, alone, they're not trying to be my source, then okay, that's fine. But if they're not doing that, I need to, I can need to reach out to people that will give me the word, cause me to be strengthened in my faith, help me, guide me, hold my hand to walk through these things. That's who God tells us to actually reach out to. That's his way. Well, I wasn't doing it that way. I was reaching out to uh, my dad, and I was like, Dad, I need you to loan me some money. <laughs> Uh, can you loan me some money uh, because I need, I need some help? Well, this has been going on for several years. And I was learning about God being my source. And I, started, I literally reached out, put my hand on the phone, and the Holy Spirit said, if you keep making him your source, I can never be it. And I went, hmm. He said, if you keep making your family your source, I won't be able to be your source. Now, right then, I'm thinking, you know, let's just think logic. My family's resources are limited. Yours are unlimited. Which one do I want to be the source? You know, praise God that family could be there in that jam. But ultimately, at some point, I got to step off the boat, and I got to step out in faith. I got to step on the water and trust that your word will, will uphold me from sinking. <laughs> At some point, I got to put on you know, my, big boy, my big boy pants, and I got to stand in faith. Now, standing in faith doesn't mean that you're alone, because some people think, well, I just never talked to anybody. It's just me and God. That's absolutely incorrect. That's not his ways either. That's, still, that's making you the source, 
because it's just you and God. That's not the way God designed it. He said he preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, through you, Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed. God brings his blessing to you directly and indirectly through the people that he's planted you with in your life. So it's not just you and God alone like this. It's you and God and how God will pour through other people. That's his design is to give to you directly and give to you through other people. But it has to be his people. It has to be spiritual ways. In other words, he'll bring it about in such a way he wants to give you advice. He wants to help you. That's God's ways. For me to say that it's only me and you, Lord, and I don't have to listen to anybody else, that's throwing away his ways. That also is user mentality. But here I am, and he said, Lord, he said, I, I said, Lord, I don't want to, I, I want you to be my source. He said, then you need to step out of the boat in faith and do it my way. Do it my way. Do it my way. I said, okay. So I put the phone down. I let go of the phone. I, I just started praying. All of a sudden, uh, the Lord uh, the Lord comes up, and he comes through, and he supplies that bill, and it's paid. And I'm like, glory to God. And that was a breakthrough. And I'd broken out of the user mentality. See, the user mentality was, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to keep reaching for dad. I'm going to keep reaching for my family. I'm going to keep reaching for this. See, I was utilizing the system, the world system, not God's system. And that was causing me. It was holding me back. And I had to say, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. One of the main ways to escape user mentality is to make sure that we are producing godly fruit. So when I was actually having godly fruit, uh, what I had was when I let the phone go and I saw God as my source and we saw him come through in that way, I had fruit of provision in my life. And I went, praise God, I just had supernatural fruit. And I realized that I'd broken a piece of that user mentality that I'd been in before then. I was like, glory to God, this is awesome. Watch this. We met, I wrote this. We must let these scriptures judge the reality of who we are. John 15, 2. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that, there, so that it may bear more fruit. Am I truthfully, truthfully bearing the fruit of God in this kingdom? John 15, 8, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. In other words, you prove that you're disciplining yourself after me, that you're not using the system. You are actually proving to be a disciple of God's system, of his righteousness and of his kingdom. Fruit, what's the marker here? Fruit, what's the marker? Fruit, put that in the comments. The marker of, of not having a user mentality is fruit. Or you can say it like this. Fruit is a marker that I'm not in user mentality. Now, I'm not talking about just a little bit of fruit. I'm talking about fruit all the time. That's one of the markers. I wouldn't say that it's an absolute. In other words, I've seen people that have uh, fruit, but they still have some user mentality. But one of the first things that happens when you start to come out of the user mentality is you start to bear biblical fruit. Biblical fruit is a marker that we're not, that we're coming out of user mentality. 
Let these scriptures judge you on this fruit. A branch must bear fruit. If you bear fruit, you prove to be my disciples. Uh, John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So in other words, fruit here in this is that you love people, even people that are unlovable. You love people even when you don't feel like it. You love people. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to love on people even when you know they've been rude, even when they've been, been angry and wrong. Lord, thank you. You loved me when I was an enemy. Lord, thank you. Help me, empower me to love, and then I've got to make decisions to love. Let these verses judge us. John 15, 10 through 13. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. What is that saying? Just like go back to the story of Cain. Was he willing to lay down his life for God? No. He wasn't even willing to lay down his best harvest. He wasn't able to lay down his best offering. Right? Uh, look at Esau. Was he willing to lay down his life for the spiritual blessing of God in his birthright? No. He wasn't even willing to lay it down for a bowl of, a bowl of soup. You know, no, he wasn't willing to, to hold on to it and do it God's way. No, a bowl of soup enticed him out of the spiritual blessing of God, right? Many times we haven't had enough love to even lay down a wrong order at the restaurant. This is the issue. We've, we can't just overlook this. We've got to get real with our judgment of ourselves. We've got to get real in our judgment of ourselves. We've got to get real with it. We've got to say, am I bearing real fruit? Am I, am I walking in love? John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Greater works than these he will do. A user mentality, hear this, a user mentality many times has the best of intentions but no actual fruit. Put that in the comments. A user mentality many times has the best of intentions, but no actual fruit. A user mentality many times has the best of intentions, but no actual fruit. We have to judge ourselves so that we're not judged. We can ask ourselves these questions. And, and I'm going to ask Buddy if he will uh, put these in the comments for everybody. Uh, try and put them on... Um, Put them on every platform if you can. Here's these questions. Let's ask ourselves these questions. Okay? When is the last time I led someone to Jesus? When's the last time I led someone to Jesus? When is the last time I moved in a spiritual gift? When's the last time I moved in a spiritual gift? The fruit of the gifting. Is love our real response the majority of times when emotions are high? 
Think about that. When emotions are high, is love the real response? And, and even go so far as this, sometimes we can say what love would say, but in our heart, that wasn't the response we had. Is love our real response when emotions are high? Is love our real response? I wanted those one at a time, but that's all right. That's, that's okay. <laughs> is love our real response? When is the last time my walk with Christ produced supernatural power? Well, what are we talking about here? We're talking about fruit. We're talking about fruit. In other words, this fruit helps us to know that we're escaping user mentality. When's the last time my walk with Christ produced supernatural power? So, for example, when I reached for that phone to call my dad, and, I, and he said, if you keep reaching that, I can't be your source. I said, okay. And all of a sudden, I backed off, and I, and I said, all right, Lord, I'm asking for your help. Supernaturally, he came through in my life supernaturally. And I could say, that was when he came through in my life. Glory to God. I have a personal testimony of how God came through. You know, um, just yesterday, uh, it was interesting, supernatural power and the fruit. Yesterday, when I started on the broadcast, I'd actually, I'd had some drainage in my throat and I, and I wasn't feeling the best. And I started the broadcast and as soon as I started talking, I went, ugh, ugh yuck, I don't feel that great right now. And I'm, watch this. Within a few minutes, as I continued ministering the word, the anointing of God fell in this room. And they, they said it afterwards. They were like, there was an anointing on that. I'm like, I know, but I knew it from another perspective. That anointing, the same anointing that will break, you know, and crack open stuff inside of our life and inside of our thinking, that anointing that will break that yoke of bondage will also break the yoke of bondage of sickness. I'm telling you, the moment I was sitting here yesterday, as I, and I didn't necessarily want to start. I didn't necessarily want to come in. Lord, I give, give myself to you. My life is yours. I'm not in a user mentality that's just bless me, bless me. Lord, I'm yours, and I have a job to do, and I'm trusting that you will empower me to do it. And all of a sudden, I, I walk in that. I'm starting to speak. I don't feel good at first, and then all of a sudden, the anointing comes in. I'm telling you, I felt great ever, ever since then. I was like, glory to God. The anointing healed me yesterday sitting here on the broadcast. Hallelujah. Amen. When is the last time, watch this. So again, I'll ask that question. When's the last time my walk with Christ produced supernatural power? When is the last time I committed, see power is fruit. When's the last time I committed to do a service and I stuck to it even when legitimate reasons came up to stop it? When's the last time I committed to do something and I stuck to it even when legitimate reasons came up to stop it? That's fruit. That's fruit. When's the last time I led someone to receive the Holy Ghost? When's the last time I brought a guest to church? When's the last time I really changed my thinking or my life to produce godly fruit? I really, like, okay, Lord, I'm changing that right now. I'm changing that. I'm changing my thinking right now to produce godly fruit. See, we have to let these questions judge us. We have to let fruit or no fruit judge us in our lives. And if we'll do that, 
we'll start to escape user mentality. But if, if we're constantly allowing these questions and the Bible to judge us and shine the light on us, then what are we saying? We're saying, Lord, I don't care how I've been doing it, even if it seems to be going great. I don't care how I've been doing it. Lord, I want to get better. I give you me. I lay myself on, on the altar. I give you me. Lord, help me change my thinking. Help me change my prayer. Help me change this. Help me change that. Lord, I give you me. These questions are not designed to make us feel bad, but to show us what is out there every day for a Christian that is not focused on having user mentality. This is there for every believer. We can walk in these things together. It's out there for each believer. It, all right, it, how many of us have actually walked in those things? Not that many, but we can. So let's go after it. Let's get a hold of it. Amen. These are levels of production that we can mature to. These are levels that we, we should be expecting to happen. See, this is fruitfulness, and this is giving back into the kingdom of God. Not just being a user of the system, but being a giver and a, a giver and a taker, a, a giver and a receiver at that time. We're not just taking, we're giving back as well. This is daily fruit that can occur in our lives on a regular basis. Would you like to have this kind of supernatural fruit in your lives on a regular basis? Put your hand up in the comments right now. If you're saying, if you're saying you know what, Lord, I want that fruit. I want to win souls. I want to lead people to the Holy Ghost. Lord, I want to be a part of this. Lord, right now I ask you, let me be a part of what you're doing. If that's you, put your hand up. Don't sit still. See, a lot of times we're sitting still waiting on God to make it happen. And it's we've got to make the changes. Sometimes that change is just discipline. Lord, you know, he says, if you have this fruit and you have this love, then you prove to be my disciples. That means somebody who's disciplined after the Lord. What do we gain by ditching user mentality? We gain fullness of joy. We gain uh, fullness of joy. When we start getting out of user mentality, all of a sudden, the kingdom works. The kingdom of God works the way it should. We receive material things. I read that early, earlier, Matthew 6, 31 through 33. We don't have to worry about what we eat or what we'll wear. No, just seek first his kingdom. Get out of that user mentality and all these things will be added to you. you know, get, uh, be content and give yourself in godliness and contentment, and God will give you great gain. What will you gain by ditching user mentality? Heavenly treasures and rewards. Matthew 6, 19 through 20 says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Romans 2, 6 and 7 says, Who will render to teach each person according to his deeds? To those who, by perseverance in doing good, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. In other words, when we go after God and we ditch a user mentality and we go after him and his righteousness, we literally receive now in this time and in the time to come the blessings of God, eternal awards and rewards right here on the earth. That's what God has for us. 
but we have to get real with ourselves and we have to ditch a user mentality and we have to give ourselves to the Lord and say, Lord, whatever you want on that, off, on that altar, whatever you want in this offering, Lord, I give it to you. And I'm not talking about a specific offering. I'm talking about the altar of your life. I'm talking about the offering of your life. Every day, every minute, every second, where are you? What are you doing? Are you living for Christ? Are you giving him the throne in every thought, in every communication, in every act of service, in every chance where you, where you uh, need to love on somebody that doesn't deserve being loved? Are you making him the king and giving him that? Or have we just learned the ways of the world? It's time for us to ditch the user mentality of the world and to step in the overflow by flowing in his love and in the fruit of God. Glory to God. So today as we're wrapping up, I just want to pray for you over this. And if you want to give, uh, you're welcome to give. They're going to put that information on the screen. But I want to pray about this user mentality, and you can prepare if you want to sow today. But Lord, right now, let every person see so clearly where user mentality has been a part of their life. Father, I ask right now that you will shine the light on them. Shine the light on us, Lord. Let us see where we've had user mentality. Let us see where we've been held back. But Lord, we don't want to be held back anymore. Lord, yeah, we could have a temporary solution, a temporary source, but there is no source like you. Lord, we choose to be content with what we have and put on godliness, seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness, knowing that you'll add all these things to us. Lord, we learn to flow in giving and receiving so that we might have an overflow. In Jesus' name, we praise you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. If you receive that, just put some hands up in the comments right now. If you would like to give, you're welcome to give. You can go to giveww.org. And again, not just this offering, but I do challenge you. Do you just give uh, what's comfortable? Do you give out of abundance? Or do you take every offering and do you say, Lord, I, I open myself up to you. What would you like to give today? What would you like for me to give today? My, I, my life is your life. You know what I have. You know what I need. What do you want me to give and sow today? And so when we do that, we're actually stepping out of a user mentality and we're stepping into uh, the mentality of the kingdom. And so, Lord, right now, I just ask that you would open up our eyes, not just in this offering, Lord, but in every offering for the rest of time. Lord, let us see so clearly what your heart is. What is honor in our giving? What is honor in our giving? Lord, that honor is always obedience. Lord, let us hear what your obedience says for us to sow when you tell us to sow it. Not just the tithe. The tithe is the beginning. In the offering is the abundance. In the offering, in the overflow is the abundance. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, we just ask you, show us what you want us to give, when you want us to give it, and where to give, and we will give to you not just finances, but our life, our service, all of these things. And, Father, in Jesus' name, we just receive that. Pressed down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. Let it be blessed back and a harvest back. Let that supernatural great gain and supply be multiplied back to them quickly and abundantly in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, uh, Priscilla, for that, for that seed. Thank you, Kevin, for that seed. And so, Lord, let it be multiplied back to them. You can give, go to giveww.org. You can do a cash app, uh, cash tag, giveww on Facebook, hashtag donate followed by the amount, and uh, text to give, PayPal, and even Bitcoin. We love you so very much. We're excited to be a part of your life. I'm excited to hear the testimonies, and I'm looking forward to seeing what a change of user mentality does in your life. Amen. We love you. Here's Marky to wrap it all up. Have a great day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed that, make sure to like this video, share it with your friends. If you're not a subscriber to our channel, you can subscribe now, literally as I'm talking. Just pull it down and you'll still hear me. Pull it down on YouTube and go to our page, press the subscribe button and hit the notification button so you will get notified when we go live every day, if you would like that. We go live every day at 1130 and exciting exciting news tomorrow we're going to be continuing with the stinking thinking series with different mentalities and stuff tomorrow is going to be the soulish mentality what does that mean what does that entail find out tomorrow by coming on at like 12 o'clock that's when the word will start so thank you so much for joining us today We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.